Matthew 18 verses 1 to 20 from the New Living Translation. The Greatest in the Kingdom. About that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child to him, and he put the child among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. But if you cause one of these little ones who trusts in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. What sorrow awaits the world because it tempts people to sin? Temptations are inevitable, but what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting? So, if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better to enter eternal life with only one hand or one foot than to be thrown into eternal fire with both of your hands and feet. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better to enter eternal life with only one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into the fire of hell. Beware that you don't look down on any of these little ones. For I tell you, that in heaven their angels are always in the presence of my heavenly Father. Parable of the Lost Sheep If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the ninety-nine others on the hills and go out to search for the one that is lost? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it more than over the ninety-nine that didn't wander away. In the same way, it is not my heavenly Father's will that even one of these little ones should perish. Correcting another believer If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. If the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. Then if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. I tell you the truth, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. In today's passage, we see how passionate God is about little children. And there's no mistaking it. He does not want us to elevate ourselves as adults and think that we are more important than children. He longs for a close, connected relationship with them. I'd love to take a little bit of interpretive liberty today. And I want to suggest that each one of these passages, when turned upon its head, can also be applied to all of us as children of God. Because you see, he 
refers to us as his children. And he says, if we want to be the greatest in heaven, our relationship with him must be one of childlike humility. Childlike humility, in one sense, can be described as total trust and dependence on God, where we turn to him even when we've been naughty, because we know and understand that the one who loves us most is the one we are dependent on most, and there is just nowhere else to run. In the English Dictionary, humility is described as accepting that someone else's way might be better than our own. And so essentially, it's accepting that whether we've been good or whether we've been bad, God is the answer. And his way is best. And that's why we see he is so passionate about sin, because essentially sin separates us from him. And he gives us an extreme example of what happens when we tempt others or when we are tempted by others. He he really takes that very seriously because he's so passionate about our connection. And so the encouragement today is that as children, we need to do whatever we need to to stay connected to him. And then the beautiful admonition that we shouldn't think that we are more important because we are mature. So today, I think there's a beautiful invitation for us to examine our relationship to children and to ask the Lord to forgive us where we haven't treated them with the same love that the Lord would. And then there's another opportunity for us to examine just how much God loves us as his children and how he desires for us to be dependent on him and to trust him completely and wholly and utterly, whether we've been good, whether we've been naughty, whether we've been bad, to understand that there is only one solution, and that is to run into the arms of a loving father, no matter what the situation. And how beautiful that he reminds us in the parable of the lost sheep, that even if a hundred sheep were in his fold and we were the one that was led astray, he would come and find us and rejoice more over our return than the 99 who stayed behind. And that he actually has a process in place whereby should we have gone astray, he will send first one in private and then two or three together and eventually the church to try and bring us back to him because he loves us so much. Father, thank you that when we lift the bonnet and the hood on today's teaching, essentially we see how much you love us and how you long to be deeply connected with us as a father to his children. 
Lord, I pray that in these moments that are left that you would minister deeply your love as father to child to each one of us.